Welcome to the Write It Down podcast of the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is a guest I love. It's me, myself. (laughs) No, truly, it is just me. Um, This is the first time I've ever done an interview. It's not an interview. I've ever talked to myself for 40 minutes being recorded. And now you get to listen to me for 40 minutes being recorded or more. So sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. I'm really excited to to come on this show and kind of share a little bit of the the twists and turns of WIDPOD, some of the things I've been learning in my life, and share with you guys some encouragement. We'll wrap it up fast if you get tired of listening to me. It's getting really hard for me not to talk to Marshall, who's sitting back there on the computer. I like when people talk back to me, but I'm talking to myself. So he's waving at you guys. I know you can't see him, but you can hear me. Blessings. Okay, so I wanted to start off this podcast with a couple of bloopers that have happened throughout the Write It Down podcast. One blooper that has happened to me, I forget which episode it was, but it was with Ozzy Smith. I was so nervous. We were on the phone together, and granted, doing phone interviews is hard, but it's something I've learned to really love because... You have to be so present in a conversation with a guest when they're on the phone. Because honestly, I'm in a studio staring at a red chair or the audio engineer. And I'm having to like really focus on being present with their story because you can't feed off body language. You're not making eye contact with them. It's hard, but I've really enjoyed it. Anyways, I was on the phone with Ozzy the Wizard Smith, a shortstop in baseball. And... um. At the end of our episode, I don't even remember if this was like on air and then we had to edit it. But at the end of our episode, I just hung up on him. And the other person in the uh, in the room at the time, the audio engineer, or it might have been Jordan. Shout out to Jordan Snell, network director, uh, was literally like, did you just hang up on Ozzy Smith? And I was like, no, but I did. And so then I called him back and he's like, hello. And I was like, I'm really sorry for hanging up on you. Like, I just got really nervous, but like, we can end the show. It was like just such a mess. And I was like, you know what? Noted. I'm never going to do that again. So I haven't hung up on a guest since Ozzy. Ozzy, if you're listening to this by some far off chance, I'm really sorry again for hanging up on you. Another blooper that happened was I was interviewing um, my now boss. Well, she's the owner of the restaurant that I work at. And I was wearing this dress and my dress broke. So I had a wardrobe malfunction. So I had to put on this big t-shirt and this was an in-person interview. And I still, I've only met her once face to face. Now I work for her. So she knows all about my crazy shout out to Courtney Fowler. Um, Thank you for letting me continue to work at your establishment. But we were sitting here and I think, yeah, we had a photographer and again, I'm wearing this dress and I'm panicking. I'm like, okay. We have 1513 Network t-shirts somewhere in this studio. So I went and grabbed that and tied a knot in it. And it looked like I was wearing a skirt with the shirt. And now I have professional photos because my dress broke, which just wasn't salvageable. So there are many things that happen behind the scenes that many people don't get to see. Um, for instance, when I worked at Conan O'Brien out in L.A., I was in the... Um, this is embarrassing. It's not really embarrassing. This is just like shows you where I'm at with culture sometimes, even though I think I'm well versed in culture. I was in the green room for Conan O'Brien and I was the one that was helping out any actors or actresses that came on the show to be a guest. So, um, 
anybody who came in for a sketch and how to be paid, anybody that needed copies of their paperwork so they would get paid for showing up on Conan O'Brien. Um, two, well, this is two separate instances, but one was Cheryl Crow was in the room, had no idea who Cheryl Crow is. I knew Cheryl Crow was the guest, but I didn't know what she looked like and walked right by her. Honestly, kind of disrespectfully, but not in the sense that I was mean to her. I just like didn't recognize her as a person that we were supposed to be helping. So Cheryl, if you're listening to this episode of Widpod, I'm really sorry. You are important. And I know what you look like now. Secondly, Will Ferrell. Nothing really happened with Will Ferrell, to be honest. But I just think it's really cool that I was in the same room as him. Very unique guy. Interesting character. Um, It's so fun when you're behind the scenes somewhere, as soon as the lights and the camera turn on, there's almost a personality shift. There's a shift in the entire room that happens as soon as the camera or the mic comes on. I see it here at Widpod all the time. Um, I'll have be having a genuine conversation with my guests on the phone. Like we'll be going back and forth, back and forth. And the minute I say, all right, we're about to get started and, and Marshall rolls, it's like we become a shell of ourselves. Something happens as soon as the mic turns on because your brain is like, hmm, I'm performing. So I'm going to be weird. And I think that's what happens unless you're drunk doing karaoke. Then at that point, you're just a superstar. So one thing I have learned in life about performing is it definitely steals the life out of you sometimes. When you're performing for something, whether it's something athletically, what's football, basketball, baseball, uh, maybe you're performing in, in the arts realm, you're a singer, songwriter, um, actress, whatever it is, when you're performing, there is a lot of pressure that's put on you. But this pressure isn't necessarily seen. It's more perceived. It's something that's not there, but you put it on yourself, which I think everybody can relate to if you're performing for a job or sports or entertainment. So tying that into some sort of performance in our own life, that can be like a really heavy burden to bear when you feel like everybody's watching you, especially nowadays with social media, um, all eyes are on you. Everybody gets to have a platform, right? There's no longer... Uh, Will Ferrell, Sheryl Crow, Conan O'Brien, Ellen DeGeneres, these untouchable people. And then when you see them, you get to see the shift. It's like, no, we all get to grab our phones and be a, be a performer. And the thing with that is it's unsustainable. So when you're on a high of performing, you feel like everybody's your biggest fan. You feel un- un- unstoppable. You feel invincible. But when you're not everybody's fan, where do you go? Where do you go in your head? Where's that brain space that you probably spend 80% of your time in that in that brain space of not performing? It's the grit. Christians like to call that the mundane, the time where you're just doing things and it seems kind of monotonous. Is monotonous or monotonous? Monotonous? I'm going to go with monotonous for 400. But anyways, so it's these daily tasks that nobody's necessarily watching but and you're not performing for anything, but they all add up to something. You're laying a foundation for something. And this ties into a little bit of a story that I want to share with you guys about my life as of today. I'm in the studio right now. I just had a half a pub sub and some Swedish fish and I'm in my pajamas and it's in the evening time. Um, I ran a half marathon today. Now, before you guys go crazy, um, and treat me like a celebrity. It wasn't a big deal. It was just Space Coast Half Marathon. Done it before, NBD. But the story behind the half marathon today 
touches my heart a lot. Um, and I hope it encourages you guys. And I really want to share this with y'all um, today. So welcome to class. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this little mini sermon slash my life that just happened. So when I was oh, 22, I'm 25 now, almost 26, 22 seems like eons ago. Um, yeah, 22 years old, I trained for a half marathon. And when I mean I trained, I like trained. I took it very, very serious. I had an app to track all my miles. I was eating decent. I had two friends, Hope and Paige, shout out to you girls, that we were keeping each other accountable. I printed out my training sheet. I was checking days off. Day one, two miles. Day day two, mile and a half. And it would just go up and down, ebb and flow, up into your high mileage. And I probably did this for about nine weeks. So I was taking it very serious for just 13.1 miles. But it was the first time I was running competitively, so to speak. So I remember um, waking up that morning, race day, um, super nervous. The first time you do anything, it's like all eyes are on you, even though there's thousands of people running this race. You feel like people are watching you. You don't want to disappoint. You get the jitters. You get this adrenaline. I mean, I'm assuming it's what rock stars feel when they go on stage. So I kind of felt like a rock star going to Cocoa Village at five in the morning to run. And so I, I go to this race and I'm booking it. I remember there was this couple, this very fit couple in front of me that I was like, you're not going to let them win. OK, they're already happy. They can't be you. So I was just like, you know, keep up with these people. So I did. And because I kept up with them. So my app died. So I didn't know what my pace was. But because I kept up with them, I had a decent time. I was around an hour 46. And, you know, I had some friends text me and somebody come up to me going, Brooke, you won. Like you won first place in your age group. I'm like, Psh, there's no way. I mean, there are people here with zero percent body fat with these awesome runner legs that are just like gazelles. And I'm doing this little shuffle out there because my strides are very short. Long story short, this, these details probably don't interest you. I'll get to the juice. But anyways, won this thing. I feel very great. Two years later, I'm like, all right, I'm going to train for a full marathon. So I'm training just the way I was just about the way I was training for my half. I was taking it very serious. Um, I am all or nothing type of person. If I'm eating clean, I'm eating clean. I'm not touching any red dye number 40, any sugar. I'm I'm clean eating when I'm, you know, just being a fat chick. I don't care. I'm eating Swedish fish in the studio, getting ready for my podcast. So I'm going ham on this full marathon. And I was like 26.2 miles. I got new shoes. I paid 130 bucks for them. I'm like, that is a lot of money for someone who gets hand-me-downs for most of her stuff. And I'm, I'm ready, you know. So last October, I ran 16 miles. And I was, that was the highest I've ever gotten in my mileage. And later that afternoon, I got in a car accident. And I was taking a left turn, and somebody ran a red light and hit me in the intersection. And that next morning, I woke up with severe neck and back pain. Um, I went to PT like a day or two after. And I started like this journey of healing. And, you know, like physical healing. I've never had any injuries. Um, and there are people out there with like really bad, severe physical ailments. And, you know, I'm like, man, I'm young. I'm, I, at that time, I was 24. And I just ran 16 miles. I was so proud of my body. I was, you know, excited for my race coming up that next month. And like that next morning, I woke up and I was having the worst pain of my life. 
And that started to follow a season of complete darkness and not in the sense of like, I couldn't walk because thank God, like I didn't have any worse injuries. I, you know, I did a couple months of physical therapy. I'm still getting treatment and doing my exercises and, and getting strong um, and got cleared. If anyone's listening to this, I got cleared to run. So before you get all up on me, but anyways, so, but this followed, um, after this car accident, followed a, a, a severe darkness and I don't know how else to describe it besides the fact that, um, I got on some muscle relaxers and that helped me a lot. And I was like sleeping like an angel. And then I got to the point where I don't even really take ibuprofen. So I got to this point where I'm like, I'm going to get addicted to these pills, even though they were supposed to help me. So I got all like freaked out. Um, I'm not even like really hippy dippy, but I'm just like, no, I don't need medicine. I'm fine. So I was good. And a couple months later, I started getting like severe, severe paranoia. And it was a type where I would, you know, I'd be sitting at dinner with somebody and I would just go completely kind of dark and I'd get really, really sad. And, um, I was having this like paranoia, some flashbacks like to the accident, but, um, there's a story that I want to share and this will segue kind of into like the healing and kind of like today. And I really hope that all this does is bring empathy into your life and encourage you to keep going when life seems dark. So I remember being at work one of my first couple weeks at my new job and I'm, I'm bartending and you know, I've never really struggled with not being joyful. Like I, I can pretty much just laugh about anything. You know, most people ask me if I'm on drugs because I laugh so much. Like somebody's somebody at least once a week is like, I want to know what you're on. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, uh, first of all, I'm hilarious. Second of all, I have the Lord. So blessings, but honestly, I'm really funny. So anyways, I could not for the life of me come out of this pit. And I remember and this is probably, I mean, I might cry on this podcast and you might too. So suck it up. But I went to the bathroom and I was having this panic attack and I had had them very, very frequently after. And I'm in the bathroom crying, being like texting my dad. This is gonna make me cry. But like, I think someone's going to come get me. Um, you know, just horrible, like really weird things. Like, I think I hate myself, like things that I've never really struggled with or said about myself. And I'm like, what the heck is going on with me? But I could not snap out of it. I've never been like this before. And that's why my friends and family were like, what's going on with Brooke? Like, this is really dark and weird for Brooke to be saying these things. And so my dad texted me, um, that he was almost at my work. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know, at this point I felt like a burden because I was having these very often. Um, so I just want to also say if anybody's listening to this and feels like they're a burden, you're not, that is a lie. And if you need help and you're struggling, like there are people in your life and in your corner that would be more than happy to help you. And they want to see you be healthy. But I remember him saying, I'm on my, you know, I'm on my way. And I'm like, what? Like, and I, he was at this party and I was like, really upset at myself that I took him away from his joy and that I'm, you know, whatever, whatever self-deprecation I could add on to my ish that was going on in my head. And he told me, you know, this is what Jesus did for us. He left what he was doing to come meet us. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, pastor, dad. 
So he sat at my bar for most of my shift because it was to the point where I feel like I couldn't do anything without looking, glancing over at him for every five seconds because I thought I was like going crazy. Woo! Someone give me a water. I'm like crying and need a handkerchief up in here. So anywho, enough about the darkness. So I just remember there were days like that. And that's just one small glimpse. There were some other darker ones where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this. And, you know, one day when I'm even more healed, I'll share more part, more of my story and the goodness of God in my life through that, because I want to encourage people. Not that I'm like super proud of like what just happened in my life this last year, but I am freaking I'm crying thinking about the people that go through this stuff and don't have hope and they don't have woo, dang it don't have family I'm also wearing pjs and a freaking sweatshirt so I'm getting a little hot so these tears are from the heat but anyways lock it up Brooke so this is all happening and I'm not really exercising and running and doing the things that make me Brooke like there are just things that I'm like where did she go? And is she gone for good? Like, is this just the rest of whatever's happening for Brooke? So fast forward, you know, this, the whole summer goes by. Um, and then the fall comes around in September of this last year. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm getting better mentally and getting better physically doing, you know, like I said, my treatment, doing what I need to do to make my neck and back better. Cause like when you're dealing with any sort of physical pain, and then you're dealing with like emotional and spiritual ish. It's like a perfect disaster for a lot of lies to come in. And a lot of people went through that this year with COVID and loss in their life. And when you're dark, it is so easy to stay there. Um, but the darkness does not last forever. And God is extremely faithful. And so in September of um, this last year, whatever, a couple months ago, I was like, screw it. I'm going to sign up for a half marathon because I didn't get to run my full last year. I didn't even get my money back, which is like, come on, space ghost. Uh, but anyways, not the point of this, not throwing shade. I love you guys. But anyways, so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I need to have a goal. I need to do something. I haven't had a goal all year. When you're in, when you're in it, it's hard to have goals. It's hard to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to get a new job. Like when you're not mentally there, you can't even like eat healthy. There are certain things that you just, your mind wreaks havoc on you. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church, how many times you pray, how many worship songs you listen to, how many times you read the scriptures or however many times you go to counseling, you feel like you're not moving. You literally feel like you're just kind of running through thick sand. So I'm like, you know what? Get, let's go. Sign up for something. Give yourself a goal. So I signed up for this. Didn't train often or as much as I did the first few times. And so my race was today. And I woke up. First of all, I had a dream, like a nightmare that I missed my, I say it's a nightmare. I missed my race and I got mad at my mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. It was just a dream. But I was like, I can't believe I missed my race again. I was like all in my feels. But anyways, woke up at the butt crack of dawn. I get to this place. It's cold. And I'm just hyping up to Future and Drake and all the goods. Getting myself ready. And we start the race. And mile one, I just start sobbing. Like I'm like crying. I'm like the wind is like blowing my tears back. And then not to mention it's super cold. So I have phlegm. And it's just so much going on all at once. But I was crying because not that I was, again, not that I can r relate in the sense of I wasn't 
didn't lose my legs or you know thank god like the injuries weren't that bad so i'm not trying to like milk something that other people might have it worse in so i want to extend empathy to to people who have physical ailments and and mental health issues and all those things but what hit me in those moments was like not that i was like oh i'll never run again thank god i'm running but it kind of felt like that it was like i didn't think i would number one have this much joy Number two, run was just so much like endurance and excitement and just this rush. Like it felt like a rush. And I'm just like looking at the sunrise and most people do not define running in this way. They would cry because they were forced to run. But I was crying because I felt joyful to run, especially because of where I was at. So it was just very celebratory response. And... Then I was running and running and running and I crossed the finish line and I beat my time from a couple years ago by like a minute or so. And I placed again this morning, but that's not the point. You guys can look up my results if you want to buy me a trophy or like a gift or a car. I need a car, but that's not the point. The point is, is when I crossed the finish line, I was crying again, just like I cried on this podcast. But I cried because again, it was this moment of, wow, like I did it. Like I did it again and there is hope. And even though there was just so much darkness and it's not, again, like I, I like briefly glazed over some of the darkness that I went through mentally and spiritually, but it was in that moment, you know, listening to Meek Mill, God bless you, crossing the finish line, just crying and like with my family there and, and friends and it's beautiful out. And I'm just like, wow, we did it, God. We did it. And this made me again. Anyways, so that happened today. So I'm on this like roller coaster. Granted, I got a couple hours of sleep, but that's probably why I'm crying or I just have a heart. So if you're not crying, get a heart. Just kidding. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. But anyways, so that was the thing. Okay, but this is what was going on in the race. And this is where the juice comes in on this podcast to hopefully encourage you guys to keep persevering. Um, So the first few miles, right, when you're running you have this like adrenaline you have fresh legs you're like screw these slow people i'm faster than you i'm great i'm beating like these dudes moral story is they caught up and beat me at the end because they know how to pace themselves but i was like running like gallivanting like just so thankful and by mile like five you're like okay we're done like we are done running this race even though there's eight miles left so right around that time I call myself baby girl sometimes in my head. Um, that or the B word. It's either or. It depends on my mood. <laughs> but this time it was baby girl, except my 11. 
So I'm like, come on, baby girl. Like, you got to push through, like, talking to myself like that. You got this, like, hyping myself up. And um, right before the turnaround, I just kept saying to myself, Brooke, or baby girl, this is where it counts. Right here. The high is done. The, like, the joy, the start of it. Like, with the, because this is Space Coast and they do the big, like, shuttle, like, things. I can't believe I did that on air. But it's like the... What are those called? Marshall, you know what those are called? The jet pack things? The boosters. Is that the sound of the boosters? That like, okay, you know, I'll just call Elon Musk after this and ask him. But anyways, it was like this big roar when you're going over the start line. And so when that adrenaline wears off and you're in the thick of it, that's where it counts, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. But how you finish is a direct response of what you do in the thick of things. That's in life, that's in racing, that's in life and racing, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I thought I had another <laughs> example of where that is, but just life and racing. So I'm like, man, keep pushing through. This is where it counts. The middle is where it counts. Like this is what makes or breaks you as a person, is what you continue to do day in and day out when the high and the excitement of starting something, people Listen, if you're married, woo, I got I got a message for you. When you walk down that aisle and you're all yeehaw junction up, up in here, like, woo, that's my boo, that's my thing. We're about to go get it on later. And then you get to year five and it's like they're doing the same dang thing that's pissed me off since we were 15. Whatever it is in your life, it's the middle that counts. It's the middle that shows up. You have to pull from something deeper within you during the middle parts and you also need others around you during those middle parts there were times in the race I want to say probably again like the turnaround points of six and a half miles to right about 10 where I was like I need some cheerleaders I need honestly maybe a hot guy to just run next to me but that didn't happen so sorry about it no prosperity gospel here but I was like, I needed some things. There were times where I was like, I need something different. I need a new song. I need some Gatorade or goo or a friend. And every single time something would change, it'd give me a little bit more. And that's the same thing in our life. Sometimes you just need something. Sometimes you need a friend. Sometimes you need a text. Sometimes you need a banging playlist in your car to listen to. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery to keep going. And so those were the things where I was like, come on, baby girl, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. And there was a time in the race. This guy probably won because of me. But this guy stopped running. It was like a younger kid. And I remember looking at him. I don't know what came over me, this poor guy. I remember looking at him and I said, come on, you have to keep going. And he was like walking. I was like, you have to go. And then he zipped past me. I don't even know if he needed my encouragement. He was probably just resting his long runner legs. But anyway, so there were things that I had to keep pushing through in that race. It's, it's very mental. And then when I finally got to the finish line, you know, that last little mile, you have to really push. But then when you see the crowd and you see the finish line, there's something in you that makes you want to sprint to finish because you know what's on the other side of that finish line. For Space Ghost, it's pizza and chocolate milk. Um, but for me, it was more of a symbol of I did it. I did it again. Is it the full that I wanted to do it? No. And honestly, that whole time, I just wanted to beat my last time. Um, and I did, but I didn't have a pacer. 
I didn't have an announcement on my phone telling me what mile I was at. It was just me and Meek Mill and Future and some other artists and God, honestly. But, you know, pushing it. So anyways, my point of all of this, there's a chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 12, that I read last night. Um, because honestly, I just thought of this first and it's a little dark in the studio, um, because we normally do this in the day and this was my fault. So, um, let's see up in here. Okay, here we go. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the keyword joy set before him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Okay. This is exactly, and people use this in the sports world a lot, I think, unless I made that up, but I'm using it for the sports world right now, is I I love what it says um, about let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So our only responsibility is to run with endurance. God sets the race before us. So there were times in my race where I was like, First of all, I can't let this old person beat me. And second of all, look at how fast they're going. There was a couple of times I peeked over my shoulder and I'm like, Brooke, stop looking to the left or right and just run your race. Run what is set before you. You're trying to beat your time. You're trying to celebrate the fact that you overcame a lot of darkness by the grace of God. You're celebrating the fact that even though your back hurts, like you're still running. Celebrate. Come on, run the race before you. And then... When you think about it was, oh, and we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. So the winner, the winner, the champion, the conqueror who initiates and perfects our faith. So if you're on a faith journey, okay, so let's say you don't have faith in Jesus. Let's say you have faith in something, right? Everybody has to have faith in something. You know, you might have faith in the business you're starting. You might have faith in another person that maybe one day, you know, they'll marry you. God bless it. Zach Efron, you know, but I'm just saying you could have faith for pretty much anything, even if you have faith in Jesus. But it's that faith that that faith right there is not something that you start and complete, meaning faith is not something that comes from us. And that should give you rest. Now, maybe having faith for a business or, you know, Zach Efron, love you. But coming into your life is not necessarily the right um metaphor but the point is is the responsibility isn't on us to to start number one and to to sustain our faith the whole the whole job of us is just to run with endurance and endurance comes from just keep going think about when you work out your muscles think about when you show up early to work or a startup if you have a startup business or if you have a house that you're trying to make or you're trying to flip or if you have you know uh, a person you're trying to close a deal with or you're you're having sales. It's about showing up each day and building a relationship with that person, right? It's about showing up with endurance. Excuse me. Oh my goodness, I just had the hiccups. That is so inappropriate. We're gonna have to edit that out. Just kidding. So the point being is it's 
he who starts our faith and it's he who completes our faith. And then the last little thing I want to highlight, it says, um, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Do you know that the joy set before him was you? That was what kept him going. That was the vision that awaited him. The endurance that he pulled from physically, spiritually, mentally, the joy that was set before him is why he endured the cross and despised its shame. So if there's a narrative in your head that number one, that God's disappointed in you or you should feel ashamed of yourself, that goes absolutely against everything that's in scripture, number one. So whoever told you that or whoever subliminally, subliminally, subliminally put that in your head, that is a lie. You were the joy that was set before him of why he endured that cross. And now it says after he's seated at the right hand of God. So there is something that happens when you're racing that you're like, there is a joy set before me. Number one, it's sitting down after a half marathon. There are things there's it was family. It's whatever it is. If you were excited that when you're done with a race or you're done with the competition, or if you're done with the competition that you have to like get shredded, those fitness body comp competitions. And you're like, I can't wait to eat a full fat hamburger with carbs. There's something at the end that makes you keep going. And that is who you are to Christ. And now he is seated in heavenly places and gives us, um, gives us a seat at the table. And these are just little details that run through my head on a run. But what I'm trying to share with you guys, number one, is to encourage you guys to keep going. If you feel like you're at a point right now where you're just kind of running on fumes from last season or running on fumes from, you know, a high that you had in your life and you're wanting more and and you need something, you need Gatorade or you need some fans or or you need something to kind of propel you to keep going you know he is more than able to give that to you and so I want to encourage you guys with that if you guys think I just sold you a bill of goods and I'm a crazy Christian I'm not I told someone once I was a cool Christian and I never saw them again but I am a cool Christian and (laughs) maybe the fact that I have to define myself as a cool Christian means I'm cool But I want to share that with you guys because I do believe it has value for your spiritual life and for your physical life. And this world is dark and there are things, but there is still joy in this life. And you do not have to be miserable um, the rest of your life. There is chaos. There's corona. There is um, injustice. There is frustrations. There's family drama. There's mental health. There's, there's so much going on. We're under a lot. There's a lot of, again, pressure. Pressure comes from performance. But you do not have to perform for the king of the universe. He did it. You were the joy set before him. And so I hope that encourages you guys. I'm sorry for crying and for having a hiccup um, in this whole entire podcast. I have no idea what time I'm at right now. And I, have, I don't even know what time of day it is because it's so dark in the studio. But I wanted to encourage you guys with that. One last thing that I would like to say before I get to my pet peeves in life and then I write it down um, is this. 
hopefully I'll be able to write a blog on this once because there's a lot going on in my head. And I might even butcher this and I might have to look on my phone for what's actually said. But I was watching Wonder Woman the other day and she's a beast. Okay. And not going to lie. I was like, just pretend you're Wonder Woman when you're running. But I was watching Wonder Woman the other day and she is fighting evil. Right. It's, you know, a lot of superhero movies. Actually, every superhero movie is good versus evil. I'm acting like that's not, but it is. So Wonder Woman, she is facing the dark guy. I'm going to call him the Dark Lord, even though he's not, this isn't Harry Potter, but the Dark Lord of Wonder Woman. The bad guy. If you're a Marvel movie, is no, DC. I'm so sorry. It's DC, not Marvel. Oh, I should be ashamed of myself. If you're a DC connoisseur, you probably hate me right now. But anyway, so she's fighting this dark person. But one thing that stood out to me that she did multiple times throughout the movie was she would state who she was before she fought. So she would say, I'm Wonder Woman, daughter of da, 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 da. It'd probably be more powerful if I knew who she was the daughter of. But she says, I am Wonder Woman, daughter of yada, yada, yada. And then she gets this grit in her and she fights. She fights from who she is, where she comes from. Woo! Put it in the chat. Write it down. Lock it up. So I immediately thought to myself, Brooke, baby girl Nicole Murata, that you are daughter of the Most High King. You are seated at the table, seated in heavenly places. You are more than a conqueror. You are freaking awesome, for lack of better words. And that is my, I literally had the chills watching this because she fought from a place of where she knew, or sorry, from who she knew she was. So she quoted to her enemy who she was, where she came from, and what her identity is. And she got power from that. And so if you are playing a track in your head that says, I am nothing, I am worthless, this is, keeps happening to me, I'm a burden, you are not fighting from a place of victory and you are not fighting from a, from a place of who you're called to be because that is not who you are. She didn't say, I'm Wonder Woman in love with Chris Pine and I don't really know what's going on in this world because I'm not really from here, but I know I'm supposed to fight. Uh, bump that she said I'm Wonder Woman daughter of and she freaking fought and she looked great doing it so lock it up and write it down and know who you are and if you don't know who you are you are the joy that was set before him so freaking write it down anyways on to my pet peeves there's a lot of pet peeves that I have <laughs> one is other drivers I think if I was on a road by myself, I'd be a happier human. But that is unrealistic. Another pet peeve. I've said this in Instagram story before. I've been the bar, a bartender for a couple years now, restaurant industry, 10 years. There's people who whistle at me. Don't whistle at me. I'm not a dog. Okay. I whip my head around so fast. I'll cut you with my eyes. I am Brooke, baby girl, Nicole Murata, daughter of the king, and I'll kill you. Just kidding. I'm not a killer. But really bothers me. I used to work at Texas Roadhouse a long time. Shout out to their peanuts and best bread ever. I had a bar regular that used to throw peanuts at me when he wanted something. Um, nay freaking nay, put the peanut down. That is a pet peeve of mine. Don't do it. Um, another pet peeve of mine is, I mean, I could totally 
No, I'm not going to rip my sister on this, but I could totally rip my sister on this. She, okay, I'll tell you what my sister's pet peeve is about me, and then it's very hypocritical, but I'll tell you. I do this thing with my toe, my big toe, that I overlap it on my second toe, and she hates when I do that. I'd be sitting on the couch with her, and that's just my comfortable position with my big toes, is wrapping them around the second toe. Um, and she would make me uncurl my toes and said it would bother her. But I just, this is a roast. I can't not say it as both her kids do it. So sucks for you because that is how my niece and nephew and I relate is we curl our toes. So, and that's my favorite thing is when she sends pictures in our family chat or their kids are in the car is zooming in watching her little baby's toe curl. So that's not a pet peeve of mine. It's a pet peeve of hers. And I'm just glad her kids do it. Love you guys so much. You're probably not even listening to this. And if you do, it'll be in a year from now and you'll roast me for it. So just kidding. They do listen to my podcast, man. I'm digging a deep hole here and sharing some family issues right now. One other pet peeve before I go is people talking to me in the morning. Just don't. That is a pet peeve of mine. I am such joy. I am hilarious. I'm a cool Christian. Um, I'm on drugs, but not on drugs just because of who I am. And, but that doesn't kick in probably till around 10 or 11. I am an early riser though. So this isn't me saying that I sleep in really late. It's like, I still wake up early, but don't talk to me that early. There's nothing to talk about in the morning that early. There are other things that we could be doing, like not talking to each other. So those are my pet peeves. I have a write it down. I was thinking about this. It doesn't necessarily correlate to the story I shared today. But this is something I've been fighting through in my own life, and I think it could be beneficial to you as well, that the cost of freedom was already paid for. And that could be, obviously, that is what I believe spiritually, that the freedom I have in Christ is already paid for. But that's the truth with our country. People have fought for our freedom in our country. Um, that is true for for even things going on in our world with um, with just sex trafficking and just the darkness of that, that there are people fighting for the freedom of others right now, and we commend you for it. There are so many things. Freedom isn't free, right? We hear that a lot. But in our lives, the cost of freedom was paid for, and sometimes you just have to keep grasping for it, and you will find it. You will have it in your life. You just have to keep moving forward with endurance and run the race that was marked out for you. So write it down, Brooke, baby girl, Nicole Murata, the first. Thank you for listening. Blessings. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.